0: 1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. MoneyWise
1: starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to MoneyWise. MoneyWise is brought to you every Sunday morning at this hour by USA Wealth Group. We're happy to have you with us, and thank you so much for listening. The first thing I'd like to do this morning is just to give a quick welcome to attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning, Tenny.
2: Good morning, Ray. Good morning, everyone.
1: And uh, thank you for being here, Tenny. Tenny, today we're going to be talking about marriage. We're going to be talking about some recent Supreme Court cases that are very important. This is a very interesting time in our country. We've got uh, Black Lives Matter movement um, making major changes in the country. I think one of the most important things we should remember as we begin our show today, and any day for that matter, is... We hold these truths to be self evident that all men are created equal. And we've sure had a lot of inequality in this country over the years. Uh, I think virtually everybody has been touched by it in one way or another. It doesn't matter whether you're a minority or a same sex couple or.
2: Or a female from.
1: Or female. The 60s. <laughs> you know, one of the interesting things that I often have said is that. We have obviously had uh, had slavery in this country. We've had a lot of discrimination. We've had discrimination against the gay and lesbian and transgender community, which we're going to talk a lot about today. But what about women? Did you know that the black male in this country had the right to vote before women had the right to vote? Did you know that this year, 2020, For the first time, it's going to be 100 years in August since women have had the right to vote in this country. That's a pretty short time when you think about it.
2: It's way too short, absolutely.
1: So we've all experienced certain kinds of discrimination, and in the end, you have to say to yourself, why can't we just get along everybody and treat everybody as a person and treat everybody with equality? So today, I'm, I'm very pleased to announce we have a... Special guest with us, Andy Pollock. Um, Andy is a member of the LGBTQ community. He's currently board president of the South Coast LGBTQ Network. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. So, before I say a formal hello, Andy, I just want to give a little bit of background information on you. I know that you were born and raised in Dartmouth, you live on a farm, uh, the farm that you grew up on, actually. Um, You're a graduate of Penn State College. You have an MBA, a master's in business from the University of Maine. And you're currently the executive director for this nonprofit called Coastal Neighbors Network. Is that the proper name for it? That's correct. Good. So uh, a warm welcome and a good morning to you, Andy. Thank you for being a guest with us today. Thank you, and good morning to everyone. And we have lots of information. Um, I know that you are also co-chairman of the South Coast Marriage Equality Coalition from 2003 to 2006. So you've had a lot of activity and and, um, experience working with the uh, LGBTQ community. And I'm going to ask you the first thing, if you wouldn't mind. Um, I know LGBTQ is lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, but now there's QQ and plus, how do we keep track of all these initials?
0: Uh, it's the alphabet. We what we did uh, with the um, South Coast uh, LGBT Plus Network is just put a plus on the end, okay, so that it includes everyone. It sometimes you feel like it just is alphabet soup after a while, so okay, we, we put the plus figuring that that would include all the other. Initials that
1: are out there. Okay. Which I lose track of myself. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I do. Because I was puzzling about some of this, trying to figure out what some of the initials mean. So I might refer to it occasionally this morning as just LGBTQ. Um, That's probably as far as my brain will take me. But the network that um, you are currently the president of, uh, South Coast LGBTQ Network, Uh, your board president and have you been involved in that organization for a while? Well, the history of it is interesting. We were
0: it started in 2003 when uh, the Supreme Court of Massachusetts allowed same-sex marriage, which was uh, radical in its time. I mean, it was. It was 2015, uh, wasn't it? I think. No, 2003. No, this is the mass, oh, that's right. It was mass, 2003, mass mass Massachusetts. Court. Yes, it was the first in the state, uh, in the first state in the country, and we realized that there would be some pushback so I remember talking with uh, Liz DiCarlo and George Leontyre at a party and saying listen we need to organize mm-hmm. and we formed a marriage co- equality coalition and we were able to over uh, those three years change the votes of 15 out of the 17 legislators legislators in our district Mm -hmm. so it was a lot of work it was almost like having a part-time job and during that time was the puzzles incident which was the attack on the gay bar in uh, New Bedford where someone came in with a gun hatchet and a machete Um, asked if it was a gay bar hatcheted up some people fortunately they fought back and uh, he shot three people no one was killed but we led the vigil afterwards so that was quite the uh, watershed event for- uh, I
2: don't remember that. When was that?
0: 2006, February 2nd, 2006.
1: I, I do remember that. Um, so my background, um, Andy, is that I have a law degree and a tax degree, but I do mostly financial planning ah. and have for quite a while. Tandy runs the law firm, um, Lance Law, Inc., and mostly she does work for estate planning. I do mostly work in financial planning and retirement planning. But back in the day when I was uh, practicing law, I also represented some uh, gay and lesbian groups in the city. There was a bar, might even be the bar you're talking about. I'm not going to remember the name, but I got invited to go to that for Uh, their opening. I I think I incorporated them, and I got invited to go to that for their opening. And. Uh, they had a lot of fun at my expense that night. And it's I wore, all, all good fun, I hope. I, I, I was good fun. I wore a white suit when I went to that. <laughs> we, we had a lot of laughs. We had a lot of fun. Well, Scott Lang spoke at the bar after the attack, Okay, and he
0: did a great job. He was mayor at the time. And someone jumped out off the counter and put on um, Glor- Glory Gaynor's I Will Survive as he walked out the door and I thought, <laughs> oh, this is perfect. <laughs> so the Marriage Equality Group morphed into the um, South Coast. Um, after marriage became um, settled in Massachusetts, equal marriage, we uh, took the group and— worked with uh, kids in school and older adults and it became um, the South Coast LGBT Plus Network Mm -hmm. um, and it's chugged along I stepped back, I was farming uh, my family farm and I took a little bit of a break and I came back about two years ago and joined the board I was really frustrated with some of the politics that were going on in the country and I felt like I needed to do something locally so I joined the board and then uh, they asked me to be president so what I like to say is everyone stayed in the room afterwards, after I said yes, which was a good thing. Good. <laughs> and uh, we were um, progressing nicely. It's it's um, How many members do you have? Uh, the membership, well, I can tell you some of the programs we have, and that okay. will give you an idea. We have um, an elder group for older LGBT folks. They meet for a dinner club um, at the Fairhaven Council on Aging, and there's about 30 people there. Okay. We've started a group for trans people, um, folks who are either starting the process or have been through the process. We have, um, uh, New Bedford, Agly. it's called, um, New Bedford gay and lesbian, uh, youth. And we have a perfect place, which is a storefront for them, um, that you use as kind of a clubhouse and a drop-in center. Um, there's wellness programs, there's, um, programs that incorporate, um, both um, social justice pieces. We're, we're working to organize voting registration. There's a lot of events that happen. We organize pride in town. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, we've sponsored alcohol and drug um, groups. Um, we work with uh, this, uh, every partner that we can in the community to um, facilitate LGBT awareness and rights okay do you have a regular meeting place or meeting time uh it depends on what group and where we're meeting okay. so um with covid we're doing most things via zoom um with uh otherwise we, our office space is at ground um
1: yeah groundworks and on purchase street okay and i know that you do have a website because uh, we visited the website and printed out some materials and the website is www.sc. LGBTQNetwork.org. And uh, if you don't have a pencil to write that down, ladies and gentlemen, and you want that information, you can always give a call to Attorney Tenny Lance and we'll have that information here and give her a call at 508 998 8800. Is there a phone number that people should call?
0: Or do you use your personal phone number? You can use my personal phone number, but also uh, but also the Facebook page is also uh, the South Coast LGBT Network is uh, okay. a good resource. Good. Uh, we've partnered with um, the film series. There's been a uh, LGBT film series at the Winter Film Series at the Whaling Museum, which has been great. We've been partnering with AHA Pride. So last year, our Pride event went through the whole month of June, which was great. This year, we had to pivot and do things virtually, but last year was uh, the first year that Aha Night was a Pride Night, and even though it was raining, there were quite a few hundred people down in uh, Custom House Square enjoying themselves, Good. and there were movies being shown at different places and a lot of activity.
1: So one of the things that I like to do on um, our radio show uh, every week is uh, spice it up with some quotations or give some quotations. Sometimes they're funny, sometimes they're uh, they're straight. But that's not necessarily a pejorative term by the way but sometimes we uh, do quotations because the material tends to be a little uninteresting except when we have a guest because then we can ask questions and learn more so the one thing I enjoy about doing the show um, is that we have an opportunity to learn ourselves not only are we teaching the community about things that are going on and typically we'll relate it to legal issues we'll relate it to financial issues and um, But we like to use quotations because I think it's important. And we have many, many people who say they listen to the show every week. They don't necessarily remember what we talked about, but they like to listen to the quotations. I'm going to give you a quotation from um, Barack Obama. And the first part of it I don't like. It says, And we have done more in the two and a half years than I've been in here than the previous 43 presidents to uphold the principle Whether it's ending, don't ask, don't tell, making sure that gay and lesbian partners can visit each other in hospitals, making sure that federal benefits can be provided to same-sex couples. And he was truly a leader um, in that area. So we're going to talk about uh, milestones in the gay rights movement. Uh, Tenny, maybe you can pass that along over to Andy. We've got a few extra copies here. Sure, thank you. And some of this is helpful. I guess the other one is on the newspaper. But this came out of a special edition that the Standard Times put out, which I was very impressed with. They did a really remarkable job uh, putting that together. And I'm not sure that we have it in the room here. Maybe we don't. That's all right. But it was it was a whole um, insert in the paper. So gay rights uh, movement in this country goes back quite a ways. to really 1924, and then in 1958 um, there was an important Supreme Court case that said First Amendment Rights of Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender um, magazine, which was called One, the Homosexual Magazine. Um, They declared that the magazine uh, was, um, or the FBI had declared that the magazine was obscene material and wasn't allowed was but.
2: that J. Edgar Hoover time?
0: We used to call him J. Edna Hoover. <laughs> J. Edna. <laughs> um,
2: Great.
0: He was a gay man, wasn't he? Well, he, he lived with his partner, um, Townsend, who he had lunch with every day. Mm. And I, have, uh, I go to a Quaker meeting where there was a fellow who had worked for him, and I asked him, so I have firsthand information, mm-hmm. and he said that, yes, one night he had to deliver. Jagger was very um, controlling, so he needed to see every piece of paper that went through. So they had to deliver something out mm-hmm. to Rockway, Creek, whatever it was in Washington. And someone arrived at the door in a pink
1: negligee, and it was uh, Jagger, which I don't think would be too pretty, but... No, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't. He wasn't a very attractive man. But anyways, in 1958, in this important Supreme Court case... Um, The Supreme Court ruled in favor of First Amendment rights. Um, 1962, Illinois repealed some of their sodomy laws. They decriminalized homosexuality. And then in 1969, there was a very famous event. There was a Stonewall Inn in Greenwich Village. And there was a riot because police officers attempted to raid this uh, popular gay bar. Um, And... It was followed by a riot after that, and um, I'm not sure if there was any particular case surrounding that event. There was just a riot kind of event. No, but it's, it's
0: a really watershed event for the gay and lesbian transgender community. Uh, we had a celebration of the 50th anniversary last year uh, to kick off our pride event, and we had a survivor, there's only six living survivors of that Stonewall uh, event, and he spoke. And before that time, and, and even past that time, it was not uncommon for police to raid the bars. And uh, people, it was, um, even in New Bedford, I, I, I did a history with older folks, and you know they would have a, a pay a woman to sit at the bar so that it wouldn't be all men, or there would be a light so that they would know if the raid was coming, people would scatter, or they would start dancing with the opposite sex, which led to some interesting coupling, but um, it... So it was a de rigueur that uh, the police would come in, raid it, throw people in paddy wagons, beat them up, uh, throw them in um, jail, print their names in the paper, and basically ruin their lives. Hmm. And so even as a young man, I remember the gay bars were in usually horrible areas that you, you know, and they reportedly were always mob-controlled, but they would pay off the police, and the police didn't like it. They would raid it, and they weren't... They weren't gentle. Uh, The police were not our friends. So um, Stonewall was the first time that uh, LGBT LGBT folks fought back. And from there, it rippled out. Um, Providence was known as a a very rough town for the police. Uh, Mm. They would... Interesting. Yeah. Um, New Bedford, not so much. Um, New Bedford uh, didn't have that reputation, but still it was... If there was a murder of a gay man, it was just another faggot dead. Um, and uh, so, and they would also bait um, men. Um, if you were sitting on a park bench and a young man sat next to you and you smiled and he smiled and he said, You want to go back to my place, he'd cuff you. That you know, was considered um, solicitation and yeah. entrapment, right? So, those things were happening before uh, Stonewall, and after Stonewall, there became a voice. Uh, so that's why there's a pride celebration in, in
1: June every year is uh, recognition of Stonewall and a recognition of our rights. I'm glad to know that. I didn't really know what the origin or the derivation was of the pride movement. And, and yeah. So that's that's good to know. So I'm learning some new information today. You know, it's amazing that we live in this country where all men are created equal, and we have had slavery in the African-American community. And look how many... Generations and hundreds of years it has taken to get through slavery, and still we have massive discrimination taking place. We still have a lot of prejudice women's right to vote, which we just talked about earlier but the the gay and lesbian transgender community has had the same thing in the early uh, stages of my practice. I also had a gentleman who ran a local business and I hadn't seen him for a while he came um, to see me after i hadn't seen him for about six months and his hair was very long and he actually broke down emotionally and cried in my office and told me that uh he was changing his gender Hmm. and he had to go to canada to do it It cost him more than twenty thousand dollars so he went from becoming a man to becoming a woman because it wasn't a medical procedure he could do with medical insurance here i don't know whether that's changed at all that has not changed um but he had to go to Canada to, ha- to have this done, and then he you know became a woman because he was a transgender client.
0: The interesting piece on that, and we can continue on the, the history, but uh, Pride in F- Rhode Island, uh, they took uh, the stance of um, trans people of color, and the murder rate for black trans women is their life expectancy is 36. Isn't that awful? Wow. And the murder rate is incredible. So mm. it seems like it, that is a, a a frontier that we need to, to really address. Mm. And I'm I'm thankful that we have a trans group that started um, with our organization, and it's a supporting group. We have folks that they're going through surgery and they can't stay at home because the you know the family is not supportive, and it, it just
1: breaks your heart. So. It does indeed. And I, w- I wonder how many people listening today, Andy, we're talking with Andy Pollack this morning. He's uh, president of the South Coast LGBTQ uh, Network, and we're, we're very pleased to have you with us. I wonder how many people listening today um, have family members or friends that are gay, lesbian, transgender in that community. I bet it's, al- bet it's almost everybody. Yeah, and if you
0: don't, then you're not you're not observant because we're everywhere. Right. And
1: uh, and um, in my own family, um, I have a niece who married a woman. Congratulations! And she's a Harvard graduate and very smart and very bright and very dedicated. And um, we went to her wedding, and I love her just as dearly as I do anybody else in my family. And we're people. We're all people. That's true. So let's talk a little bit more about the history, um, Andy. So we talked about the Stonewall Inn in Greenwich and the riot that took place then. You know, in some ways, and I don't want to go too far with this, and, and I don't want to get off topic, but when you look at the, the murders that have taken place in the African-American community and how that has sparked this not only national but international movement in just a very short time um, then a lot of this is analogous to a lot of the horrible times that the uh, gay, lesbian community has gone through as well.
0: Also, I, I would like to say that they, uh, there are countries and sections of the United States that are not as progressive as we are. That's true. And places that I would not feel safe traveling just as a gay man mm-hmm. in yep. the United States. So. Sure. It, we have a we've come a long way it's very progressive in this section of Massachusetts which is wonderful but we have a long way to go as far as the hearts and minds but I do think the younger generation is changing right the younger generation doesn't see this as an issue and uh, you know I think that's a wonderful thing they see people
1: as people yeah well Massachusetts has um, sometimes considered to be a liberal state but I think that I'd like to consider Massachusetts to be a very fair and understanding state um, for the most part. And so in 2004, Massachusetts did become the first state in the country to legalize gay marriage. We worked hard for it. That's significant. It was an amazing landmark. We
0: felt as we were organizing and as we were working for it, and it was an uphill slog, let me tell you. Um, we felt like we were standing on the brink of history because we felt that if we didn't have marriage in massachusetts or we were or the voters voted it down it would have postponed marriage for the rest of the country probably about 20 years because they would have said look the judiciary forced it on Mm -hmm. the population they rejected it see it didn't work in massachusetts however it did work in massachusetts and uh you know there were we had a and a 15-year anniversary of it, and we were looking at some of the editorials and letters to the papers and things, and people were saying all sorts of things, like, you know, crime was going to increase, and, you know, all these horrible, the sky was going to fall, and everyone was going to get gay, have a gay marriage. You know, it was sort of, Barney Frank used to say, you know, the V8 commercial, you know, not everyone's going to say, I should have had a V8, or I could have gotten married to my, you know, my best friend, or whatever, my, you know, have a gay marriage. But, we were so thankful that in 2006 the, the legislature made the right move, and the predictions of um, apocalypse did not happen. Right. Um, <clears throat> wedding planners, florists, and wedding venues are probably thrilled that they have even more people probably to have more marry. weddings. But I will say, um, I have to say that in 2004, my husband and I got married, and he was in the military, so he was the first fellow in the country to have to leave the military to get married because it was a violation of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, right. which they had um, that happened under Clinton, it was not a very good policy before that they would root them, root out gays in the military, LGBT folks uh, after Don't Ask, Don't Tell it depended on who your commander was so if there was something wrong they or they didn't like you and they found out you were gay, it was an easy way out so there were 11,000 that eleven to twelve thousand soldiers that were um, dishonorably discharged before being homosexual mm-hmm. and with that you lost your pension, you lost your insurance, you lost all the benefits that uh, you would normally accrue. so we were a little nervous when we um, he was particularly nervous that uh, he was going to lose um, he had been in the military for 25 years he active duty and reserves so. We talked about it, and we said, it's not worth it. And he said his commander was very uh, supportive, and I said, well, you don't know what's going to come down the pike. And I would rather that we're settled with a pension and insurance Mm -hmm. than um, be at the whim of uh, someone calling the the
1: person and reporting it. And Don't Ask, Don't Tell was uh, ended formally in 2011, so now people who are homosexual or bisexual have been allowed to serve. I suspect there's probably still discrimination that goes on, but at least I can now serve in the military.
0: Yeah, I think it. You know, um, as there's no atheists in foxholes, I don't think that there's many. um, There may be discrimination. I haven't. We. My husband had a a very positive experience with. He came out to his unit after he left, and they had a a farewell dinner for him, and uh, it was quite nice. We Mm -hmm. were involved.
2: Have any of the people who lost their pensions and so forth had it reinstated no no that's awful
1: well there was a there was a federal court ruling in uh 2011 that's how recently this is you know when we look at the history of our country and how many different groups of people have been discriminated against including women um, this is all recent history it takes a long time for people to overcome their prejudice and probably more importantly to overcome their fear I suspect that fear is behind a lot of the prejudice that occurs as well. Um, yeah, I
0: completely agree. And, I th- and I th- when I was growing up, I grew up in an evangelical background, and um, I, I still have a lot of uh, fondness for um, my childhood experience. It was very good, but I found that the evangelicals have moved on to baiting LGBT folks. Interesting. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, it was. It seems like they people who are against us really whip up the fear and I'm not certain why it's fear. I'm not sure if they think that we're going to come and um, do something or um, but most of the people I know just want to live their lives and they want to have employment and housing and uh, relationships and just pay their mortgage like everyone else and but now in some places in Massachusetts I think people are like yes the gays are moving in because the property values go up, and they take care of the property, and, you know, it's uh,
1: usually fun to have gay neighbors, so. (laughs) So, Andy, did you ever hear of uh, Woody Allen? Oh, of course. So, Woody Allen once said, bisexuality immediately doubles your chances for a date on Saturday night. (laughs) This is the kind of thing I like to pull out once in a while, so. I mean, you have uh-huh. to you have to laugh at the situation. You have to laugh at yourself sometimes, don't you? Oh, you do, you do.
0: You you can't take things too seriously. I I I really do believe that. I I, I love to say, Provincetown can be a lot of fun for the um, the straight men who are walking down the street clutching their wives, and I'm not really sure why they're doing that, if, unless they expect to be whisked <laughs> away and uh, made over, or but um, they have to prove their masculinity, which makes them so comical That's in a way
1: probably more <laughs> important yeah so tenny i know that um you've uh, done seminars actually we've done seminars in the past in provincetown on estate planning for the gay and lesbian community remember that we haven't done that for a little while
2: not a long while but yes we did do that
1: and you can't do uh public seminars right now very comfortably all right But I know that you've uh, got handouts. If anybody's interested in a handout, Tenny has information from the American Academy of Estate Planning Attorneys, and one of them is called Gay and Lesbian Couples Face Special Challenges in Estate Planning. And, you know, there's pros and cons to marriage in general, whether you're in the straight community or not. Um, And as we said just before the show, sometimes if you're thinking about getting married and you're a same-sex partner, Uh, To your same sex partner, uh, sometimes you need to say, Be careful what you wish for. (laughs) (laughs) You have the same issues and the same problems whether you're in a gay or lesbian marriage or or not.
0: The the wonderful thing about allowing the marriage was it allowed 1,400 rights that were afforded to us that you were, before this, you had to go to a lawyer and not everyone could afford it. And there were always loopholes. I know of someone who passed away. He was in New Bedford. He had a partner, and he told me, "Oh, Andy, I'm, you know, I'm, we don't believe in marriage, and we have it all set." Well, come to find out, his mother, who didn't like the fact that he was gay, and he didn't like, she didn't like the fact that he had a partner, dug up her husband. Interred him next to her son, so that the partner couldn't be buried next to the son. Oh my God! And another, another friend had a partner who died, and again, you know, we don't believe in marriage. We don't whatever. So they go to bury the fellow at a Catholic cemetery, and they say, "Wait a minute, he's not family. You can't bury him here." And here, here you are. You're in the midst of grief, and you have these issues. That could go on with uh, all these little little things that happen. That if you were married, or not so little things, but if you were married, those issues would have been taken care of. Mm-hmm. So we, I advocate for people to take the legal road and to become married, and it, all the the hassles that um, legal
1: legalities that could come up if you're not, even for straight couples. Sure. You know? Well, Teddy, I think this is a good point for you to mention. Um, what happens if you have a couple living together, whether they're gay, lesbian, you know, bisexual, um, or, or heterosexual, or not, and they're not married, right. and one of them becomes ill? What happens?
2: Well, what happens is neither have any rights for the other. In other words, if uh, one of the couple was ill and uh, might be unconscious or might be under anesthesia and need some health decision made for them. The other person has no right to make that decision, um, whether you're straight or gay. What about and medical
1: records? Can you look at medical records for that person?
2: Nope. The federal law says nobody but you can look at your own medical records. So unless you have what? Unless you have what is called a HIPAA a wonderful word wonderful health insurance phrase.
1: portability and privacy and
2: accountability act okay and that federal law says that no one can look at your records but yourself I mean it's part of a bigger law but uh, it's so important that people have documents in place whether you're straight or whether you're gay and those documents
1: and whether you're should, married or whether you're not
2: yeah absolutely
1: So if you're a couple of any kind, married and not married, any sex, if you don't have a HIPAA form, you can't necessarily look at somebody's medical records to be able to assist and make decisions.
2: Not even your child, if that child is over 18.
1: What about the proxy, Tenny?
2: Well, a durable power of attorney um, for healthcare, which is a long name for a healthcare proxy, provides the name of an agent somebody that you want to make medical decisions for you if you're not able to do that so folks get your health care proxies in place get your durable powers of attorney for property in place and,
1: and just to wrap up on that little quick su- subject um what about a will if you don't have a will then you have to go through what's called intestacy So if you've got a couple that's not married, well, first of all, if you're married and you don't have a will, does everything automatically go to the surviving spouse? I think it's only a percentage, isn't it, like 50 percent?
2: It is. Under the new, relatively new, it's about 10 years old now, uniform probate code, not everything goes to the surviving spouse. Some go to children. Some amount goes to children. So... If you have particular desires about your assets, things that you want to go to a particular person, it's critically important that you do either a will or our preference is a living trust, which doesn't exactly take the place of a will, but it's better than a will.
1: Okay, so that's a good hint on sort of basic documents and if anybody's interested in more information, give a call to Tenny or attorney Mike Coleman at five oh eight nine nine eight eighty eight hundred. But I guess the problem would be even further compounded if you're a same sex couple living together and you're not married. Because now if something happens to one person in that relationship
2: Yep, you have no right they've got
1: another family out there. They may have a mother, yep. a father, a sister, a brother, and they're gonna to object to anything going to this the other partner in the couple, right? Right. So you need to think about these things. I want to give you a quick quotation. I don't know whether this is still how this person feels or not. And it says, I like the idea of amending the 1964 Civil Rights Act to include a ban of discrimination based on sexual orientation. It would be simple. It would be straightforward. That's a quotation from Donald Trump. (laughs) I don't know whether he's still... Feels well, that the way. Pl- one of the we, planks
2: we of the we won't r- go there. We
1: won't go there. All right. No, right. we don't <laughs> generally talk about politics. But I was surprised when I I did some quotations on uh, discrimination, did some research, and I came across that one. And I said, I wonder if that was just done uh, a long time ago. If that's the way he still feels. Well, recently the Supreme Court
0: uh, ruled that uh, LGBT plus people cannot be discriminated against in housing and in um, employment and other factors of life, which was uh in massachusetts was a law for a lot longer but there were 30 some odd states where you could be fired for being gay and
1: there was no recourse and that's a really um very important landmark case so i'm looking at the uh tuesday june 16th issue of the wall street journal this is the front page lead article justices rule lgbt workers are protected it was a Fairly significant ruling, too, because it was a six-to-three decision. It wasn't a five-to-four decision. It was a six-to-three decision.
2: But didn't get much attention.
0: I think there's so much going on. But yeah, yeah it, in the gay press it did. Um, uh, Roberts and Gorsuch voted for it, which was wonderful. And uh, I think doing a little research, they, they did polling of the American people, and about 87% said that LGBT folks should not be discriminated
1: against right. in employment and housing. So but, we've come a long way. Yeah, yeah, What this ruling says is that any employer who files an individual merely for being gay or transgender defies the law. So that's no longer legal to to do that. Um, it, do you get the Wall Street Journal, Andy? I don't. Okay, I'm going to leave this article with you in any event, because... Um, the inside page, two has a whole discussion of it Wonderful. in Thank detail, you. and you might find some further use for it. But um, this is a very significant rule in the history of uh, Title VII, um, and basically some of the language says that it's a momentous decision. Justice Gorshitz wrote, he cited the 1989 opinion by liberal Justice William Brennan which uh, forbid discrimination against employers who fail to conform to sex stereotypes. But he went on to say, the statute's message for our cases is equally simple and momentous. An individual's homosexuality or transgender status is not relevant to employment decisions. And because it is impossible to discriminate against a person for being homosexual or transgender, without discriminating against that individual based on sex. So, very significant ruling. Um, I actually went to the trouble uh, to print out the entire ruling off the Internet, wishing later I hadn't. It was like (laughs) a 173-page opinion. A few trees (laughs) gave their lives. So the the summaries are uh, very helpful and very important. But uh, could you talk just a minute about the Pride movement? Because... I've never really understood much what the, the pride movement stood for. And again, the New York Times on June 21st published a whole section on um, pride and stepping up and so forth. Did you see this by any chance? I did not. Okay, I'm going I'm to give this to you as well. I, I'm, I, I'm
0: more literate than I sound, but I, I did not read those.
1: Well, I, I like to get the New York Times on Sunday because... Oh, the magazine's great. It has a lot of information in it.
0: Pride uh, originated again from the Stonewall riots, and uh, it became um, early on. I think it was a very political um, movement to show visibility to the community that there were LGBT folks, and over the over time, it's evolved. I think to a, a more of a celebration and a party and. Uh, Sometimes when you go to the Boston Pride, you, you wonder if there's any straight people that work at Sovereign Bank because they'll have <laughs> groups of employee, you know, employee or Comcast or whatever the group, the organization is. But they'll just be employee groups and church groups and, um, you know, hiking clubs. And, you know, it's just so uh, – and there's, you know, the, the typical, like, drag queens and go-go boys on uh, – um, floats going by but that's that's less and less and there's more just norm people it, with strollers mm-hmm. and uh, but the importance of it I think for the gay community is it's a rallying point it's also a point of um, you know we, we haven't had these rights for long and uh, I think the political world of um, the gay community of course you have to talk about HIV and AIDS in the 80s and 90s but um really started to snowball and pride um it's we've been told all our lives that what we were doing was wrong and what we you know everything that i know from myself growing up from the prom to how every everything was socialized was to you it was a straight world for oh, sure so part sort of the
1: stereotyping of how we how we live
0: right and um so to have pride and to have a fun celebration where people are embracing their sexuality and embracing who they are—it's it, just—it's freeing and it's wonderful. And in New Bedford, um, the LGBT network sponsors the uh, New Bedford Pride. Um, we did the Stonewall event the night before, and that was kind of an older crowd, you know, sipping wine and listening to this fellow talking. And there was younger folks too there. But Pride in the park, in Buttonwood Park, is much. It's about 500 people, and they're really young kids. And mm. a lot of times for folks, it's the first time they've actually publicly come out. You know, like I talked with a few younger kids, and they said, you know, this is the first time that I've really identified. And I thought, wow, this is really powerful for them.
1: You know, in researching materials uh, for the show and for having uh, Andy Pollock on as a guest, I've learned a lot more, but... Um, I never really understood what pride was celebrating, except that it was a time of year to celebrate gay pride. So I've learned a lot more and learned about the historical origins. You know, Massachusetts is really a leading state in many respects. Uh, We led the Revolutionary War. Um, One of the things you don't know about me, Andy, is that I've been active in the um, Masonic fraternity. Uh, We've got a number of gay men in our Masonic lodges. We've had them become masters of the lodge, and and, um, so forth. And the one thing that we celebrate in Freemasonry is that everybody's equal. It doesn't matter what your station is, what your position is, what your economic job is, what your racial uh, uh, background is. We've got uh, African Americans, um, and we believe in the principle of equality. So going back to revolutionary times, Um, about a third to a half of the members of the Boston Tea Party were Masons. And the other thing that I think we celebrate is, now I have to mention this, it's a little off track, but not exactly. When the Shah of Iran was deposed and the religious ayatollahs took over the country of Iran and still run it today, the first thing they did is they threw out Freemasons. Interesting. And the Grand Lodge of Masons in Massachusetts uh, brought them in and accepts them. So, twice a year, the uh, Iranian Masons meet in the Masonic Lodge in Boston. So, we have a history in this country, and especially in Massachusetts, especially in Mass- accepting people.
2: You and I watched the other night Glory. No, again.
1: I was just thinking
0: about abolition.
2: Such a wonderful movie. And the 54th was one of the first. Yeah, the 54th black regiment. regiment. Well, we were one ever. of the
1: leading uh, places for the Underground Railroad to operate during the Civil War. So we have a history in Massachusetts of accepting people, but it just never comes fast enough for any of the groups who are discriminated against. This is a quotation also from Barack Obama. I think what you're seeing is a profound recognition on the part of the American people that gays and lesbians and transgender persons are our brothers, our sisters, our children, our cousins, our friends— our co-workers, and that they've got to be treated like every other American, and I think that principle will win out. So, we have a we have a strong history in uh, the state of Massachusetts. Um, I'm proud to live here because I think everybody should be treated equally, and nobody should be treated differently because of how they think or how they believe. We've got room enough in this state, room enough in this country, uh, to receive everyone. I have to ask you a question because I've struggled with this one, Andy. Um, What does queer mean? Oh, boy, that's a loaded question, isn't it? I still struggle with it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, Well, it's really interesting. It's a generational divide. Um, The younger folks see it as a term of um, rebellion and um, artsiness and um, edginess, and, you know, they, they feel... Like they, we have the Queer Arts Council which is a younger group that um, is a art based and they're in New Bedford and they're great a lot of energy now we were going to be called instead of the LGBT network it was going to be called the Queer Council and the older, the older adults the folks that were 60 some odd years to 90 something years just rebelled they said oh my god this can't happen because to them that was a really derogatory term, so even within the movement itself, there's there's a generational split. So we we didn't go that route, okay? Uh, because uh, for again for the older population, it was a a word of derision and of pain and suffering. Okay. So um, it really it I don't know how I feel about it. I can kind of embrace it, but I don't use the word myself. Um,
2: uh, how did that? name come to be associated with that certain group of folk. It's an odd
1: thing. I remember it as being a derogatory term when I was
0: younger, growing up. Yeah, Yeah. I think they took it and embraced it, uh, the younger folks. They didn't, I don't think they had, they didn't have the same history. Um, Hmm. So, uh, and could I just mention um, uh, that one of the parts of the LGBT history is HIV. Mm-hmm. And uh, I graduated from high school in 1981, so my life expectancy was pretty low at that time. Mm-hmm. I didn't come out until I was in my later 20s, but the, um, unfortunately, the, a lot of Christians really relished in um, the deaths of, oh, I've heard of these that. young gay men. And they were dropping like flies. I mean, yeah, um, they said it
1: was God's punishment or something. Yes,
0: until the evangelicals in Africa started dropping like flies. Mm. And then it wasn't God's punishment anymore. <laughs> and uh, there was, you know, uh, concern for the Africans, not as much for the LGBT. But yeah, you heard that a lot. You heard, they were just reveling in it. And I thought, you know, I, and I'm not a, um, a person who holds grudges, I don't think. Um, I, I'm a Quaker, I try to be um, see that of God in every person but I hope that in our reflection of that they were not there with a cup of cold water they were not there in the hospitals as young men were dying mm-hmm. without families alone and things like that horrible deaths um, it did sap the movement uh, there's a lot of fellows my age that aren't here anymore mm-hmm. and uh, I think the lesbian population is the unsung heroes of it because they took care of sick and dying people like no, no one else. Um, they took care of their friends. They took care of their neighbors. They took care of people that they knew and it was a horrible time. Um, fortunately now there's drugs that are, um, keeping people alive and there's something called prep, which is, um, a, a prophylactic drug that you can take, which, um, protects you from hiv which is uh, wonderful and they're working on a vaccine
1: and i just heard this morning on listening to news that the coronavirus and the COVID 19 virus is much more difficult than the hiv virus it's much more complicated the hiv virus by comparison is much simpler and easier to to solve
0: well and there's uh hope for um uh, a vaccine and this uh, group called the Red Caped Heroes, and they're out of Brigham and Women in Harvard who are working on um, an injectable PrEP, they call it, and uh, would mean a huge difference for Africa and um, some of the other um, poor countries where HIV is still an issue.
1: Well, I want to mention one thing uh, to you, Tenny. Um, if you have a couple... Uh, who are planning to get married, and maybe one person has assets and the other person has different assets or has no assets, do you ever make recommendations that they do prenuptial agreements?
2: We do. Uh, they're not often accepted by those people because usually we tend to see folks just before they get married and they, they feel that a prenup might be um, as as though you were were looking down upon your... Future partner. Um, but yes, we certainly do prenuptial agreements and we encourage them when there's any kind of an unusual situation when you're about to get married.
1: So, if you had a same sex couple who was thinking about getting married, they should think about the same thing as a possibility.
2: Any couple, yes, absolutely.
1: Uh, so, um, we're going to run out of time very shortly here. I want to just mention. Um, that if you would like more information from Attorney Tenny Lance, give her a call at 508-998-8800. She's got hands out she can provide.
2: I do wanna mention that we are going to be doing some webinars. You said, Ray, that we don't do seminars any longer because of the difficulty with COVID-19. But we are doing webinars and we're going to be doing a series shortly on Basic estate planning. What are the documents that you should have and why should you have them? So keep a lookout on our website, and uh, the dates that those will be available will show up.
1: And I'd like to say a a very special thank you to Andy Pollack for being with us this morning. I've learned a lot. this has been very informative. Uh, hopefully you've learned a few things Thank as well. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. I've- if anybody wants more information from you or anybody listening would like to become a member of the uh, the LGBTQ Network, the South Coast LGBTQ Network, they can visit uh, www.sclgbtqnetwork.org, or they could call you, Andy Pollack, at So don't sit there and do nothing, ladies and gentlemen. Do something to protect your family. I'm going to close with a little quotation from Barney Frank. I had the pleasure of meeting him a few times and sitting next to him at a dinner in Washington.
2: Oh, he was so which, terrific!
1: Which cost me a lot of money at the time <laughs> to sit for breakfast with next. To, I had Barney Frank on one side, and who did I have on the other side? I've forgotten. And Barney could have been cr- could
0: be cranky sometimes too. I have yeah. to say, but he
1: was a, he, he was well, he, he is a great he guy. He had
2: a very strong personality, he to is. say the he least. Does. Yes.
1: He said, he wrote once, I am very proud of the role I played in getting legal equality for people who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender, and in helping get rid of the prejudice by being visible about it. Uh, he also said that he was happy to have helped block the conviction of Bill Clinton of impeachment. <laughs> but uh, uh, he was certainly an advocate and did a lot of work. And what you do is important, also, Andy. We're Pleased to have you on the show with us this morning as we wrap down, wrap up our show for this morning. Thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. And just do remember that all men are created equal. And we all have the same rights and we all have the same right to express um, And we all have express the same ourselves. needs. Yep, we do. So thank you very much for listening. We'll be with you again next week on the radio.